Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome to another episode of The Grind this morning, this afternoon, this morning. We've been in meetings all day, so it's the afternoon and... See, here we go again. So, <laughs> <laughs> Three seconds in, we've descended into chaos. Oh, that's right. It just it just happens, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, in, I'm in Dave our, McClung. And, in, yeah, in our defense, this is our third podcast this, this week. This week, yes. So, we are we are in a podcast recording binge. We are really doling out the content for you we guys. We are. We yeah. are. And we've got some special uh, church planting emphasis type stuff that we're yeah. working on. And that's so. Right. Uh, uh, so Chad is here with me in the studio. Good and, to see you, Dave. Uh, hey, good to see you, Good to you, be Chad. with you in the flesh. You know it is. I mean? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, always uh, <laughs> we have... Uh, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> always we have Nick Bird, our production minister, with us, and uh, it really doesn't take you all long to go down. It doesn't no, take it doesn't. long, Nick. It's just uh, it's a gift. I've decided I, we've, we've actually changed Nick's title to director of productions. Director of productions. Yes. Well, hey, I yeah. like that. So that's way too minister. formal sounding, though. <laughs> Maybe it'll stick. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> production so, minister, it is. Yeah, right. director of productions. And we also have the lovely Rachel Gaddis in the studio, our silent, silent partner uh, today. She's just sitting over here grinning, ladies and gentlemen. You can't see her, so I'm going to paint the picture for you. And uh, But uh, glad she's in here. And then our beloved guest today, uh, our friend, our partner, one of the first church planters I worked with in Arkansas when I started doing church planning, Mike Prince from Garage Church in Hot Springs. The illustrious. Hey, everybody. <laughs> they can't see you wave, Mike, so you're going to have to speak up. <laughs> so uh, this is not a video podcast. <laughs> and and for those that have seen our pictures, they are, they are much grateful that uh, it's not a video podcast. Amen. So uh, uh, we're excited to have Mike in the, in the room today, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in Hot Springs with them. And uh, it's seven years ago now. Yeah, seven years ago, wow. they moved to Hot Springs to plant Garage Church. And and guys, I, I tell you, uh, just some of the most amazing things have happened uh, mm-hmm. over the last seven years in Hot Springs. And God has used Mike uh, and his team in some incredible ways. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of that, and uh, hopefully some things that will be very beneficial. Uh, to, to our planters out there who are want to engage their community and all facets of their community. And, and uh, so we're going to kind of dive in a little bit. So, Mike, kind of talk about your ministry journey leading up to and including uh, planting Garage Church in Hot Springs. Okay, good deal. Uh, well, you know, like so many, I was just a traditional pastor of traditional churches for uh, started that about 27 years ago. I pastored churches in Arkansas and in Maryland uh, and uh, really had a heart for church planting, did a lot of work with church planters. Mm-hmm. I coached several church plants at different times and uh, lo- love that. Uh, just uh, really see, uh, I just have a passion for guys who want to want to think outside the box. Yeah, yeah so. Now, did you plant in Maryland, too, or did you just no. work with church planters? No, I just worked with church planters. Where, where in Maryland were you? 
uh, just outside of Frederick, Maryland. Okay. Uh, it's part of the D.C. Metroplex. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea you were in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Good stuff. And so uh, seven years ago, uh, decided to go to Hot Springs and plant Garage Church. Kind of talk about that journey yeah. a little bit. Well, <clears throat> had this uh, clear sense that God was telling me to go to Hot Springs and, 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 and reach folks who are like me. I made this giant assumption that that was uh, motorcyclists and hot rodders. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, I, and, and, you know, interestingly enough, uh, uh, we still do a lot of that type of ministry, but that's just become so secondary for mm-hmm. us. Uh, but we, uh, somewhere in the process, we just sort of uh, discovered all these people in poverty mm-hmm. and God just opened doors that we didn't necessarily ask for. God to open those doors, but He opened those doors, and uh, we stepped through some of them, and and now we spend most of our time working with people in poverty. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. talk talk about kind of when you first met Gordon, uh, and uh, and kind of how that yeah. developed okay. uh, unexpectedly. It did, it uh, did, because you guys yeah. went there to kind of work with car clubs, mm-hmm. and you're a classic car guy, yeah. and and a motorcycle rider and all that stuff and and then a kind of a interesting encounter at McDonald's kind of changed yeah of it was really it's uh you know I was going around uh, hanging out at uh, the homeless McDonald's as I call it and, uh, <laughs> and you know talking to all these different guys that come in riding bikes or things like that and uh, but really couldn't get a lot of conversation going but finally I saw this guy sitting in a booth reading the Bible Hmm. And uh, I asked him, I said, do you understand what you're reading? Yeah. And that began a conversation. And that conversation led to another conversation, led to another conversation. And uh, I, I know that our our listeners will uh, keep this to themselves. But this actually led to me kind of throwing a fit in a parking lot to God. Mm. Yeah. And saying, you know, God, I came here. And uh, the only people I can get to talk to me are these people. Yeah. I, I think it was quite a uh, revealing moment to me. Yeah. Uh, somehow I think I was counting uh, some of these folks who are homeless and near homeless as somehow less valuable mm-hmm. than the people that I had been ministering to. Yeah. Or maybe thought they were less valuable than I was. Yeah. And so we began a uh, a, a real uh, intensive uh, reshaping of my thoughts. Mm. <laughs> yeah. God is the instructor, and me is the only student. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and you know that led to a Bible study. We did a Bible study uh, with bus riders. Yeah. And so we would pick them up, <laughs> carry them to the place, feed them a hot meal teach the Bible study, then pack up the leftovers for them to take home and and then carry them back home and then go home and spend an hour washing pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of how we got, got going there. Wow. And uh, so, but uh, things developed and, and, and things grew from there. God just opened more doors and yeah. more doors. And Well, and that, that kind of opened up a whole side of hot springs that a lot of people don't think about when they think of hot springs. I mean, it's 
touristy resort kind of city with the mm-hmm. the hot springs and the spas and the bathhouses and all that stuff there the mm-hmm. nice restaurants and hotels and things and and uh, of course they know about the racetrack and there's you know obviously some uh fallout from the racetrack with some mm-hmm. uh some of these folks that you you encountered and uh but there's this this whole lower socioeconomic level that kind of goes unnoticed and yeah and unseen a lot in, in Hot Springs, and God just kind of opened a door for you guys in that. Mm-hmm. that he sure period. did. He sure did. Uh, we uh, a lot of things have taken place, but one of the things that really uh, was one is one of the biggest things that's happened probably is one of the guys that we were ministering to. He was a part of our anger management uh, class that we do, and. He, uh, he really hit a rough spot and ended up getting arrested, ended up going to jail, and later ended up going to prison. Uh, but he's out now and doing very well. But uh, when he went to prison, we just started trying, or uh, when he went to jail, the county jail, we started trying to find ways to minister to him. And that just went kind of nuts. We, uh, we now teach anger management to both men and women in jail. Uh, we, we now do adult literacy in jail. We do a program called Getting Ahead While Getting Out. It's about reducing uh, recidivism in Arkansas, and it's about teaching people to build their own bridge out of poverty, and it's mm-hmm. a big deal. It's a, that's a two-and-a-half-hour class twice a week, and there are 16 of those sessions they have to complete to graduate, mm-hmm. and that that is really... Uh, taken notice we were actually talked about on the floor of congress Mm. about a month ago and uh then uh, i was interviewed for uh outreach magazine and january edition there's an article in there about church cool Uh, and then now we're doing love and logic in jail uh where our team is in jail five days a week (laughs) wow wow Sometimes I think we spend more time there than the inmates. <laughs> <laughs> and that all kind of started with these court-appointed anger management classes. That was kind of well, the, one of the first touch points, wasn't it? I, I like to make sure people understand it like this. I would not say that the court appoints people to come to our anger management. <laughs> right, right. I would say that the court appoints people to anger management, and we do it for free. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they like that. We're now yeah. somewhere north of 1,800 anger management students. Golly. My word. Uh, and, and, it's, and, and we have opportunities to expand that wow. yeah. if we can get the personnel in place. Yeah. So, Unbelievable. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, and that just, you know, it's just been fascinating, you know, watching that develop, you know, to from anger management to, you know, budgeting classes and parenting classes and now classes in the jail and and inmates that you guys have led to the Lord now leading Bible studies in the jail mm-hmm. as well. And and it's yeah. just spread, mm-hmm. you know, so many different ways. Yeah. One of the things that I'm most excited about right at this particular moment is our uh, letter writing ministry. Uh, we've got 22 people who are now writing letters to prisons every week and send in a Bible study. The Bible study that I do on Sunday nights at the Garage Church is taught in the county jail twice the following week, plus it goes out to almost every prison in Arkansas, wow. along with a personal note to, 
to inmates that we built a relationship with while they were in the county jail. Mm. And so we fought them. And, you know, I, I don't know that I really should say this, but I feel like we've actually planted two churches inside prisons. <laughs> mm. Wow. And we're loving that. We yeah, get the greatest yeah. letters. Can I just tell you one quick story? Oh, Absolutely. hey, we got guys, uh, lots of stories. Got this guy who helps us. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know, somewhere north of 75 years old. And great guy. Excellent anger management teacher. But he, he got mixed up. He was supposed to write a letter to this guy named Ryan W. in Texarkana. Well, he got on the ADC website to check the address and all that, which is what he should have done. But it turns out there's two guys, Ryan, two Ryan W's, same first name, same last name. But one was in Texarkana, one's in Varner. The guy in Texarkana used to be part of the garage church. Well, the other guy was an atheist. Mm. So he got mixed up, and he sent, started writing this atheist letters and sending Bible studies every week. <laughs> the guy opened it, found out what it was, and never read a one of them mm-hmm. until he got thrown in the hole. Oh, wow. And the only thing he had to read was his letters that kept coming in every week. He read those letters in Bible studies, and this atheist gave his heart to Jesus wow. Christ. How about that? And now we get a letter from him almost every week wow. thanking us. We're now getting two tithe checks from different prisons. <laughs> How about that? And we've, of course, we've never mentioned that to them or anything. It's, yeah. just, it's just really neat, though. I tell you, I almost cried the day I opened that letter, yeah. and we had a check for $7 oh, from wow. the prison. You know, wow. I thought, this is good stuff. Yeah, that was almost story time with Uncle Neil in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, it was. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Mike, I, I appreciate so much just your, your candor, your humility, your your you're telling us that you threw a fit with God in the parking lot and you know we came here for this purpose and you've given us these people I just appreciate that honesty I do think a lot of church planters set out to plant a specific type of church in their mind and they end up planting something it ends up being different yeah talk about how you I mean you've you've, you've hinted at it how did you process you know feeling like it was going to look like this and it really turned out to look like something else. Help help our planters out there who maybe have planted and go, this is not how I thought this was going to be. Help them process that through your experience. Well, I think maybe I'd like to just say it like this. I feel like what God has done in the Garage Church and Hot Springs mm-hmm. is I feel like that God sees trouble and then God picks a fight with that trouble. Hmm. Then he opens the door and invites us in to join him in that fight. And it's after we step through the door, he then gives us the tools that we need to do that. So I, I think when we started seeing God at work, suddenly mm-hmm. I got real okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. because uh, <laughs> God is so much better at directing my path than I am. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Well, Doug Hickson said yesterday, he said, uh, uh, you know, 
planting a church with that with uh, with God without God is with, reckless without God is reckless yeah. but with God is reckless but he's in control yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I thought that's that's a that's yeah. a great way to describe yeah, church planting. you know church yeah. planting and because uh, because you don't I mean you can make all the plans in the world but still don't know ultimately where it's going to go and what's going to happen because you know God sometimes has some plans that we don't always see clearly on the front mm-hmm. end absolutely um, and a chance encounter at McDonald's can kind of change the it's unbelievable. change the course. You know, one one of my favorite parts going going way back to that early story with Gordon, uh, we ended up baptizing Gordon on Central Avenue in a horse trough. <laughs> yeah. That was just one of the neatest experiences ever. Uh, you know, Gordon still comes to God's church. Gordon is uh, suffering with uh, cancer um. now. And he's just uh, completed a very major surgery, mm. and uh, he's uh, he definitely is in need of our prayers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of that, you guys have developed an incredible prayer network. Uh, you know, I get your emails every week, and just I pray for you guys every time I get one. And I know there's a ton of people that are. Yeah. Uh, and and it's guys, if you if if you want to see an effective prayer network at work, then then you need to check out what Mike's doing. Talk about how you develop that and you know kind of heart behind that, hopes behind that, all all that kind of And talk stuff. about how they can get in touch with you to get that. Yes. Uh, you know, they can email me at Mike D Prince at gmail.com yeah. okay and uh tell me that they want to be a part of that and i'll add them to that just send out an email just ask that when you receive the email that you pray for what we talk about and yeah. incredible things happen oh my goodness. uh can i just real quickly tell you how i learned to do that yep uh, i guess so <laughs> a long time ago i thought god was uh, sending me to seattle to plant a church and so I was trying to uh, raise money, and uh, I went and talked to a, uh, a church about supporting us, and I hated that process because I felt like I was begging. Yeah. And it didn't sit well with me at all. I went home and told my wife, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I told a friend of mine, I said, I don't like doing this. This, is, this doesn't feel right. He said, well, have you thought about asking God for the money? I wanted to jack slap it. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, he Jesus juked you there, didn't he? Uh, yeah. And um, but I took his advice. Wow. I asked two hundred people to commit to praying for me for thirty days about this. Yeah. At the end of thirty days, I was fully funded mm. and never had to ask for money again. Yeah. So. Um, I was kind of slow to get there, yeah. But I'm there now. Yeah, prayer is key. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, see, so okay. So you guys have really kind of waded in to the brokenness of hot springs. I mean, just a, a whole bunch of stuff. What you know? What are some of the you know working with people in poverty, working with people that are dealing with issues that are leading them to and into jail or out of jail, prison, whatever, uh, broken relationships, addictions, all that stuff. What what are some of the the big things you've learned that you know might be able to help our church planters 
in, engage folks in their communities uh, struggling with some of the same things? Yeah, well, that's a tough one. I'd say, first of all, if you're thinking about working with that demographic, do it because that target needs our product. Yeah. And so do it. But I'd also be prepared. This type of ministry is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Now, I love this type of ministry. I've never been as happy doing anything in my life as I am doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But be be very prepared to deal with people who, first of all, are not middle class. They don't think like middle class. They don't talk like middle class. They don't act like middle class. Uh, years ago, I heard Neil Cole say, if you're going to change the world, you have to sit in the smoking section. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think I'm starting to understand that a yeah. little bit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, w- what we see so much, we, we see uh, that our workers need to be well-centered emotionally because so many of the folks that we work with are not. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, wow. there, there's this huge thing going on there. Uh, a, a guy may be 35 years old, but he's been doing drugs since he was 14. Mm. And uh, so uh, when he, he comes to Christ, he does his time, he gets clean and sober, and he does okay. He handles things really well. He looks just like everybody else until a crisis hits. And when that crisis hits, all of a sudden his functional level emotionally drops from, you know, a fairly high position to a really low position. So Mm -hmm. we've got all these 34 or 35-year-old people uh, dealing with uh, crises like they were 14 emotionally. Mm, And so that's a little harder to deal with. Than, than most churches might be prepared to do because, you know, churches uh, function uh, with middle-class values. Right. And when people in poverty don't know those values, they don't know that language. Uh, as a matter of fact, we t- one of the courses that we teach talks about the fact that a child raised in a professional home will typically have a working vocabulary of 1,200 words at 36 months old. An Hmm. adult in poverty will have a working vocabulary of about 900 words. Oh, wow. Uh, So there's all kinds of issues there that you better be prepared to deal with. Hmm. Uh, You know, if I were to stand up and uh, preach a sermon like I used to, so enjoy preaching on a typical <laughs> Sunday. Uh, our people all doze off somewhere about 10 minutes into the process. So everything we do is interactive. Yeah. We do an interactive Bible study. It's question-based. We give them the questions ahead of time and mm-hmm. uh, have them study and have them participate in it. Yeah, so. I'm curious, Mike, just from a metric standpoint, <laughs> because we talk about metrics, and I, I think about – you know, expectations of, of moving to Hot Springs, planting this church. And, you know, everybody, maybe whether we admit it or not, we all want that several hundred person church of influence and 
you know, requested to speak at events, you know, we, I, I don't know, maybe not everybody wants that, but I think, I think there is, you've alluded to maybe some of those thoughts of grandeur. I think a lot of church planners have, but you guys are now working with a people that are very transient, uh, a people that are in generational poverty, that are not going to have the money to build a large budget. So your metrics, I mean, you're, you're going to a jail to do ministry where those people may or may not ever come to your church. Right. 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 So you can't measure what you're doing in the traditional way that we measure church and impact. So tell us what your metrics are. What's a win? What's what's uh, what, what, what what does mission accomplish look like yeah, for Rosh Church? I won't answer your question, but I want to <laughs> throw this in or front end. Uh, what do you call that thing you fill out every year, that annual church profile? I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things because – I get to say, and, and last year it was a little bit lower number, but this year, if I were doing it right now, I'd say we run 50 in worship and 300 in Sunday school. <laughs> because we're ministering about 300 people a week. We're That's actually meeting with that many people yeah. and have different classes. You're the only like church that. that has that type yeah, of yeah, ACP. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that spot. i yeah. surprised uh, you don't get a phone what, call from i tell you what's office. a win for us. Uh, man, we get our heart broken on a regular basis mm. uh, and I have to remind myself and I have to remind our workers regularly we win when we share the gospel and which when we're obedient to God when we minister to people we're winning already it's incredible we don't have to wait for some other report card to come in mm. yeah now we've seen a lot of people come to faith in Jesus that's true enough mm. uh, we disciple a lot of people we, mm. we're not having many people become missionaries to China but they are all moved closer to Jesus than they were yeah mm. yeah and so we're, we're actually you know we, we've min- had the privilege to minister to thousands of people yeah. mm-hmm. in seven years now I don't think we have met any measurement mark that's going to impress anybody but we don't even it's not even our focus Mm -hmm. we just simply sometimes it's just uh kind of looking homeless person in the eye and say have a good day you know or just encourage them a little bit uh, and and maybe not be mean to them yeah yeah I tell this story all over Arkansas when I preach. I don't know if you know that I tell part of your story as I preach a lot, but I do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there was a, a day where I'd come down to see you, and we were sitting in Cracker Barrel in Hot Springs, and we you were wrestling with this metrics question because mm-hmm. the the Bible study wasn't growing like you wanted yep. it to. And and I don't know if you remember this conversation or not, but uh, I, I asked you, I said, okay, I want you and Debbie to write down all the people that you've seen significant life change in. And this is like two years in, I guess, maybe not even quite two years in. And you said you could probably come up with about 80 or 90 names. and then But you went home and came back, I, was, I guess it was next month or whatever, and you and Debbie had come up with over 300 names of people and stories, whether it was marriages put back together or supposed to go to jail, didn't go to jail, uh, was homeless, now has a place to live, job, mm-hmm. salvations, baptism, I mean, all that stuff. That was just a couple of years in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what, what do you think that list would look like now? Wow. Oh, I don't know. It'd be crazy. <laughs> It'd be some crazy number now. Uh, but, uh, and, and I tell you, I... I've got to say this. I, I, I mean, in the beginning, there were four of us. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was me. It was my wife Debbie, and it was uh, 
David and LaDonna Risto, yeah, who made a three-year commitment to come help us plant the garage church. Well, they ended up staying four. Mm. And David's now on staff at a larger church in Hot Springs, just yeah. doing great, still praise for us. Still, They still love the garage church. We still love them. Mm. But later on, we're like, God, we got to have some help. Mm. we got to have some help. Yeah. And finally, uh, he started sending help. It seemed like it took a really long time. But when he started sending help, he sent some of the best help you mm. could imagine. Yeah. I mean, we've got a team that, I mean, you ought to come to the garage church just to see our team. I yeah. mean, they're awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, it goes back to that thing I told you earlier about God seems to pick a fight with trouble and, and ask us to step through the door. But it wasn't until we were actually stepping through those doors and we were just covered up. You know, when when we really, really, really needed help, we started getting help. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wow. Well, I tell you, you know, if you were to kind, of, this may be a hard question for you, uh, with all the things you've seen. If you were to, you know, pick out kind of two or three, just some of those, just just no other explanation for it, but that God just did something kind of moments. You know, what would what would be some of the, you know, kind of your top two or three God-sized moments that you've seen? Well, I'm going to say the biggest one has got to be the county jail. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting in a meeting called Community Coffee. That's where all these different agencies get together once a month and, and kind of tell what's going on with them. And the lady behind me, when she introduced herself, she introduced herself as the uh, program director for the county jail, and she said, "We wanted we want to start doing anger management in the county jail." And this is right at the time when I'm like, "God, how can we get in the county jail and wow. see yeah. our buddy?" Yeah. So I turn. I mean, she's right behind me. I turn around and I introduce myself to her. And now uh, she's a great friend, and all oh, this is a lady who has a her heart hurts for the inmates in that jail. Yeah. If every jail were staffed with people like mm-hmm. this lady, and I heard, I'm going to say her name. Her name's Captain Cosgrove, and she's just an awesome lady there. And uh, our sheriff is 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 just become so open to what we're doing there, so appreciative. It is, in my opinion, the county jail is a completely different place now than it was. Wow. There is a presence of Jesus there, oh, and it's easy to recognize. Yeah. Uh, going to jail is more like going to church ought to be. Wow. <laughs> That's great. That is great. That's some gold right there. That's some gold um, right there. <laughs> now... Other things, I don't know. This, uh, you know, we've just we've had some great stories of life change, but uh, I tell you, it's almost every time they're they're not just straight upward journeys towards success. Yeah, there are hiccups along the way. Last week, I spent one entire night in the hospital in the emergency room with a guy who we've been working with for a while, love this guy to death, 
This guy at one time was a national champion basketball coach. And, you know, lots of personal things, and I, I won't go into all that. I don't want to, anybody to be able to identify him, but, uh, you know, he, he, he has almost lost his battle with alcohol. Mm-hmm. But we're working with him now. He's in rehab right now, and he's doing great. We've got great hopes for him. But that's how it is. People do well, and then they'll hit a little speed bump. Uh, they may, they may, uh, they may relapse. And, you know, it's real easy to say that relapse is part of recovery, but it's really hard to live that out. Yeah. Because when that's happening, it seems like your world is crashing. Yeah. So you can't let that be your standard of measurement because if it is, we'll all quit and go fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? uh, did that answer your question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, yeah, uh, so I guess we got a couple more questions here for you. What are the biggest challenges that people could pray for you about and join in with you through partnership? We need workers. Yeah, we've workers. got great workers, but yeah. we know more. Right now, we have so many opportunities, but it would take uh, quite a few more workers to accept these challenges. Uh, we're about to start uh, doing ministry in a another facility that's just now being built. Uh, we've been asked to go inside a a prison and do some ministry, uh, but it's going to take some. It's going to take some on-site workers. We can get tons of workers who will uh, be casually committed or lightly committed to do a little bit, and we're thankful for that. But we need some people who will be all in. We need some more, yeah. and we can keep them busy. We can wear them out. Uh, I figured out a long time ago that if we were really going to do a lot, we were going to have to motivate the great power in our churches. And that's kind of what's happening. Uh, You know, one of my uh, anger management teachers who also teaches faith and finances for us, uh, just a great guy, is a retired missionary, spent 39 years, I think, in Africa. Yeah. And he just uh, he loves being part of what we're doing, and we love having him. But he's somewhere north of eighty years old. Yeah, we need about to, we need it. So all of you really old people <laughs> who love the Lord, come to the garage church, yeah. and we can fit you in. <laughs> what about one piece of advice to give people who are looking to maybe start ministering to people in poverty? What would you tell them? I think if you're going to plant a church, you need to know why you're planting a church. That seems really obvious, I think, but I think the question for me is, well, what problem in your community or what problems in your community is your church going to address? If you don't know that, then you may want to go back to the drawing board or get back on your knees or spend a little bit more time talking to somebody to figure that out i think if you're planting a church for the purpose of we're going to all get together and hear a great sermon and sing some songs and 
and uh, take up an offering and then next week we're going to do it again and hope that next week's bigger than last week <laughs> i think you i think you still got a little bit to look at yeah we part of our church planning training now is using a device will mancini calls a kingdom concept and uh and he he takes you know what's the local predicament what are those mm-hmm. issues that you see uh, that's where he starts because uh, mm-hmm. if you don't identify that then you're just going to look like everybody else and do what everybody else is doing and jesus didn't call you to be what everybody else that's was right. And so what are the places taking the local predicament, kind of your passions, what, what drive you, get you up in the morning, get you excited about life, and then what are the, the collective potential, you know, the, the things, the resources you have to bear, the skills, gifts, talents, all that stuff. How can you leverage those things to address these local predicaments? Maybe it's a, a, a sphere of influence or a connection that you have to an issue in a community or or you have a particular skill set that is suited to addressing that issue. And, and I tell you, that's been one of the most helpful mm-hmm. exercises for our church planners that that I've that we've done since since I've been here, because yep. it really drives that home. Uh, mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Mm. What makes you different from everybody else? You know, obviously, God had a plan for this church plant. Are you following that plan? Are you honing in on what he's trying to address in this community, you know, with yeah. you guys? And 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 I know this is not a fit for everyone, but I think there's enough poverty and addiction issues to go around. Yeah. But I also want to throw this out there: those aren't the biggest challenges we deal with. Yeah. The biggest challenges we deal with are dysfunctional relationships. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a guy can get clean and sober. A guy can do his time in jail, uh, but when he goes home and he he gets uh, involved in a, a dysfunctional relationship, probably one he already had before yeah. he got in trouble, uh, the chances of him going back are really high. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I tell people that I have the easiest job in the world. I really only do two things. Uh, I help people have less conflict in the area of personal relationships, and that includes with God, and have less conflict in the area of personal finances, mm. because I think those are the two big issues that cause so many problems in in marriages. Yeah. Uh, so I think if 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 somebody wants to address some issues, I think there are plenty of communities that have problems with dysfunctional relationships, addictions, and poverty. Yeah. So if you were to recommend some resources to kind of help folks think through that, uh, I know there's a, um, just draw a blank on the book, the book you guys use for Bridges Out of Poverty. Um, well, uh, the program we teach, we teach two, okay. one inside and one outside. It's called uh, Getting Ahead in a Just Getting By World. That's, yeah. And then the one on the inside is called Getting Ahead While Getting Out, which has an additional chapter in it to address. We want you to not only build your bridge out of poverty, but stay out of jail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know a better resource than that. Yeah, okay. And interestingly enough, that's a secular program. Yeah. It's not even a faith-based program. I, I really don't care if program's faith-based or not. I'll add that part. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> You'll right. bring the faith to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right. Mike, awesome stuff, man. Yeah, really absolutely. Really good. This totally unique. This is needed in our state in so many places. Yeah, and Dr. Tucker talks about all the time. He says, you know, we are a white middle class denomination. Yeah. And he said, that's just who mm-hmm. we are. And, you know, God is bringing further diversity, you know, to our state with a, you know, large group of African-American churches that are coming on with us and being planted. Uh, we have, you know, some, some guys like you now that are wading into different socioeconomic groups. and But that's largely been untapped by Southern Baptists. But, and, and I think you hit it on the head a while ago, you know, saying uh, we don't speak the same language. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling a conversation one time about uh, being frustrated with rich people and uh, somebody in your group laughing when you said that because they said, well, you're a rich person. You have a, a car. You have a house. And, uh, you know, it was one of those moments that, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a eye-opening moment there that, mm-hmm. okay, we're not evaluating this the same way. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that, that that point really came home to me one time. I don't even remember what passage of Scripture we were studying through, but for some reason I asked the, the, the group there, how much money does it take for you to consider somebody to be rich? Mm-hmm. And I had this figure in my mind. I, I, I thought $2 million, you know. And the first number that popped up from someone said $100. <laughs> you know, well, I hadn't thought that, you know, <laughs> but you know, that's that, a little that bit lower than what I thought. It's all your perspective. <laughs> yeah, you know? wow. It's just from where you, you know. Yeah, I saw that going differently in my mind. There. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh goodness. Well, Mike, thanks so much, man. Such good stuff, and I, I'm. You know, I do want folks to get in touch with you. I sent a church planner to you, you know, not a while back, and you had a huge impact on uh, on David, and and really excited to see what comes out of those conversations. Uh, once again, you can reach Mike at mikedprince at gmail dot com. Right. Get on his prayer network. Pray for them. Uh, ask questions. I mean, you've been an open book for so many guys. You're trying to find a way to really impact their community and yep. and reach a group of people that really kind of is the definition of marginalized. They're just pushed to the sides in in the community, the edges of the community, and and so uh, so we want we want you to be a resource to yeah help some of our guys in that that would make me very happy yeah yeah well okay we're gonna do i don't know if i told you we're doing this or not but here's <laughs> our here's one of our more popular segments it's, as well it's better if they're not prepared that's I right think. i think so it's yeah. fresh but i'm perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we do a section called rapid fire and uh these are just a series of six questions and uh nothing too too heavy uh, but uh, we want to do just short, quick answers, and uh, uh, you know, uh, you'll see how uh, inane these questions are <laughs> in a minute. But start off a little serious. You know, what are the top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Would you say? <laughs> well, oddly enough, in a really odd sort of way, way back when Rick Warren wrote "Purpose Driven Church," you know, we all read that. But we skipped that little line in there where he said, now don't go do this at home. This is what God led me to do. So we were all running out doing purpose-driven stuff, and and it was failing, you know. And so I I think from that perspective, I I think I learned that I really 
had to find out what God was leading me to do. Yeah. And I think that's only discovered in the trenches. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a great word. And then a, another uh, a book. Uh, oh, I, I, I went to California a couple times and uh, attended some uh, Neil Cole conferences. And there, there are two things I remember uh, from that. Uh, I remember uh, Reggie McNeil. Had, was he was really having a a somber moment? He had just had some pretty serious surgery, and, and he really didn't know what the future was going to hold for him. And uh, he stood up one night and he told us about God doing these big loops in our lives. And he told the story about the wise men going to Bethlehem, and he said the reason there were wise men in the east to go to Bethlehem was because years earlier. Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and all that crew had gone there. But what, he, what, he, what, what really caught my attention was he said, God's doing big, giant loops in our lives. And every one of those loops is longer than the span of our lives. Mm. So what God's doing in our life right now, we don't, we're not seeing the beginning and the middle and the end. We're, we're just... a you know what we're doing now is going to impact something that's a lot bigger than our lives mm-hmm. are. And I think if we can kind of remember that, that's been helpful to me. So I appreciate that. And that was from one of his books. I just don't remember, <laughs> I remember which, which one. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about your biggest strength in ministry and also your biggest weakness in ministry? Hmm. Well, my biggest strength in ministry. I think the thing I like to do the best is just sit down and talk to somebody one-on-one. Yeah. I think my biggest weakness in ministry is probably controlling my anger. <laughs> now, that may seem strange. I don't throw fits of anger or, and I, you know, I teach anger management three times. <laughs> but, but the... Uh, but sometimes we really want things to go right, especially in people's lives. Yeah. And when they don't, knowing how to respond, yeah, you know, you really have to stop and practice what you teach in anger mm. management on yeah. a regular basis. So that's a challenge. I, don't, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite hobby or pastime? I kind of like toys. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Grown-up toys, or well, uh, uh, cars. Cars, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually president of a car club, yeah. and uh, and I'm a founding member of another car club, and you know, so we do a lot of things like that. So I enjoy that. Do you own any cool cars right now? Oh, it depends on, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a. Uh, I've got a Corvette, and I've got a little Mustang convertible, and I've got a, uh, I got an old truck. You have a Corvette and a Mustang. Yeah. Usually, well, those are two different streams. Yeah. What year is your Corvette? Uh, it's a '94. Oh. All my stuff's cheap stuff. Okay? <laughs> you know, I'm a church planner. Okay? Right, right, right. But you know, the neat thing, I've got this old '85 uh, Chevrolet truck that's pretty good shape, and uh, I, I, I can. I can drive something else and, you know, nobody even notices me. But if I drive that old truck, people rave, 
they'll stick their heads out the windows at the red light, you know, and want to talk about that old truck. Uh-huh. Because, say, you know, people say, my grandpa had a truck like that, or mm-hmm. I learned to drive on a truck like that. And this great conversation starter. <laughs> yeah. Not for sale. So, right. yeah, Move on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And, and you know, I, I kind of like uh, tinkering around the place a little bit, you know, I think I've built five lean-tos since we bought that house. And, <laughs> and so I enjoy that, that sort of thing. Do you have a too. favorite movie? Uh, goodness. <laughs> well, Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah. It's, a, it's an old movie about a mountain man. Uh, but, That's the first, I think. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I just saw a movie. I don't think it's brand new. It's called To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) And wow, what a movie. What a powerful, powerful movie. And uh, so, you know, those may not be what you were looking for. No, no, we're we're looking for whatever you want to say. We're looking for something besides Braveheart. Braveheart, That's what everybody says. That's a good movie. uh, That's a good movie. This makes this last question that much more interesting. Yeah, it does. It Uh does. Favorite band or musician? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) For for a guy as young as I am, right, right. I suppose this might seem uh, might take you a little bit by surprise, uh, but uh, Taylor Swift, Credence Clearwater. <laughs> oh, hey, now there we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, right. you don't expect that from a thirty-nine-year-old guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we might want to up that a little bit. Yeah, I'm have to up that a little bit. That's awesome. Now we get a lot of classic rock. We uh, do, yeah. Well, yeah. it's classic. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Even from the young guys, uh, classic rock and mm-hmm. Credence would certainly fit in that. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan as well, so uh, we have that in common. All right. Well, those are the burning questions that everybody wants to know uh, about our guests. So uh, you fit the bill well. That was good. All right. <laughs> All right, Michael. We're gonna wrap up. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. And uh, uh, email Mike at mikedprince at gmail dot com once again. And Garage Church have a website. It does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, garagechurch.org. Okay. So there you go. Check out their website, garagechurch.org. And I really highly encourage you to get on that prayer network so you can hear what's going down. Uh, in Hot Springs, and and as Doug Hickson said yesterday, he began to do mission trips to spearfish and pray for spearfish, and then all of a sudden God sent him to spearfish South Dakota. And uh, I'll tell you, you start hearing these stories and praying for these folks in in uh, Hot Springs, and you may be one of the ones that God is raising up to come alongside Mike and his team to to step into some some of these new ministries. Mm-hmm. These, preparing for them so yep. uh so check that out and you will be immensely blessed by that so mike thanks so much thank you and i appreciate you buddy thank you well, it was a great conversation with mike prince uh doing something a little bit different with the podcast since this is a special week of uh emphasis for prayer every church can week of prayer uh this week and so uh we're just going to do a short little wrap up here thought mike had so many, so many great <laughs> yeah. things to say. And I I think that his model 
is one that we need in, we said maybe every county in Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, as we've done church playing roundtables all over the state, the number one people group that, that associations say we're not reaching are low income. Yep. And Mike is a guy who's just knocking it out of the park. And he's also a, the only guy in the state who enjoys doing his ACP. So we <laughs> yeah. found that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be able to say that he has 300 in Sunday school and, and 50 in worship, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I tell you, Mike was one of the first guys I worked with uh, in coming on the church planting team uh, or missions team then to do church planting. And uh, it is it has been fascinating watching him move from kind of a traditional pastor kind of guy uh, in the way he thought about church, measured success, all of that stuff. And of course, I've walked with him you know last several years through all this. And 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 guys, what we talked about in this podcast barely scratches the surface of the impact that he's having in Hot Springs and beyond. Mm. Uh, Mike is now having conversations all over the state with people trying to figure out how to do what they're doing in Hot Springs where they are. Um, and and it's I wish we could find a way to clone he and Debbie, his wife, and their team because every, like you said, every county in Arkansas needs this. And uh, you know, Dr. Tucker says all the time, you know, we're we're a white middle class denomination, and and he also says that that folks, you know, we're we're slap out of good sinners, <laughs> you know, all that's yes. left are bad sinners, <laughs> yes, you know, really broken people, hurting people, and uh, you know, Mike has a model. I don't even want to call it a model. He's he's a missionary to a group of people that has been largely cast aside, marginalized yeah. in their community yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. And but that doesn't mean they're any less valuable to Jesus mm. and and certainly need to know him as Savior and Lord. And I, I just I can't say enough. You have got to check out what's going on there and get on his prayer network so you can get these email updates. It's every week, two or three times a week so-and-so gave their life to Jesus this week. We're going into the jail. Um, so-and-so's battling addiction mm-hmm. and is pulling out. Pray for yeah. such and such. It, it's it's phenomenal. Well, he also said that, I think this was after the podcast when we were just sitting around talking, so I don't think it was actually captured, that we he's got more opportunities to be in more places but doesn't have the workers. That's right. And so I think if you're if you're listening to this, you're interested in something like this, Mike would be a great contact to get the ball rolling and may even have some connections in other counties or somewhere uh, where ministry can happen. So I just can't say enough about about Mike and, and his heart and, and what he's doing. And uh, I, I do think uh, we need more guys like him that are okay with the different metrics that are okay with not having a church of several hundred people with big budgets and you know and he said like he said we're not sending people to china but they're they're having impact in other ways and so just being being okay with not being a celebrity pastor (laughs) i don't know and maybe not every planter thinks that but i do think to some degree we have these visions of grandeur yeah and just instead saying, all right, how do we impact the kingdom? We we all need more of a heart like that. Yeah, you know, there's two things he said that I don't I don't I want I don't want people to miss. One is when you're working with lower socioeconomic 
group. They don't think like middle class. They don't have middle class language. They don't have middle class values. And and that now the only way to, to cross those cultural socioeconomic barriers is to think like a missionary. Mm. So you're going to have to do your cultural exegesis uh, your missionary homework to understand, okay, how do they think? How do they talk? How do they process things? How do they deal with relationships? How do you, right. you know, do all that? And and there is a learning curve to that. There's been, as you heard Mike you know, say a couple of different times in the podcast, there has been a learning curve for him. Mm-hmm. You know, his eyes have been opened on multiple occasions. Yeah. You know, the, the conversation about what, is, what does it mean to be rich? Yeah. Did <laughs> he know? say that on the podcast yes. or afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, because I think it was on the podcast. I, I can't remember. That's what I was trying to. I was as you were talking, I was trying to think about it. But what he, he asked him, what do you, what do you think it means to be rich? Do yeah, you, what do you think? Well, how much thinking, money do you have to be yeah. have to have to be considered rich? And and he said, I'm thinking in my mind two million dollars. You <laughs> yeah. know, and and then he said somebody popped up and said a hundred dollars. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, he said that's where I began to have to reevaluate what I considered. And he and he's he and I've talked about and I've told this story so many different times. Uh, he had gotten frustrated with somebody, a, a wealthy person in Hot Springs, and was expressing that frustration with his group in their Bible study one night. And they all laughed at him, and he trying to figure out why they're laughing. And and they said, well, because you're rich, and because mm. he had multiple cars, they had a house, and. Uh, uh, and you know, and Mike would tell you. He said, "Nowhere in the middle class, you know, world would I be considered rich." Mm. But, but to them, he very much was. Right. And uh, you know, those little moments of perspective uh, that I thought were were great. And I so had good. another thing I wanted to highlight, and it left me. I forgot what it was. So <laughs> it happens. It does. It does. But great stuff. Anything else you want? That's to- it. No, that was everything. I just really appreciate him. Yeah, and I and, and you know there were a couple of things you know that uh, if you picked up on some of the language he used that he he said um, so and so has asked us to come help. So and so has asked us to come help. There are three or four times where he made statements like, "Well, somebody's asked us to come help do this." Um, that because of what is going on there and because of some of the impact that they have, others are seeing what's going on and, and are wanting to figure this out. Right. And it's not sexy. It's not easy. Uh, it's difficult. Um, but I'd say, you know, to church planters that maybe have some delusions of grandeur or whatever, do what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Do it well. Be who he's called you to be. And as you do that well, others are going to come and say, okay, how are you doing that? Mm-hmm. What's going on? He, he, the other thing, I remember what the other thing I was going to say. He he, he said, know why you're planting mm-hmm. and, and, and where you're planting. Where we talked about kind of Will Mancini's kingdom concept. What problem are you trying to solve mm-hmm. with your church plant? Right. If it's just about gathering people from week to week to have a sermon and a service and wow. all that stuff, then why are you doing it? Boy, that was, yeah. That's spot on. Yeah, that was. And, a- and guys, I'm telling you, and there's nothing wrong with having a worship gathering. There's nothing. I Don't don't hear us say that. Right. But if, if there's not uh, an issue that your church is addressing in the community where you can have kingdom impact. Right. Then, then you're probably missing the boat. Yeah, if the extent of your church's ministry is a wor- weekend worship service, 
got to got to figure out what else we have enough of that going on yeah yeah and and so challenge gauntlet thrown down yes church planters and i don't want you to miss that you need to hear that and you need to be praying through that and you know we we do a lot of talking and training trying to get guys to think like missionaries well you just heard what that looks like yeah from mike he is a he is a missionary that has made disciples and the disciples have gathered together as a church, and they've not just gathered together as a church. They are sent all over Hot Springs and beyond, continuing to do what Mike has done with them. I just uh, I love this guy. He and Debbie are two of the finest people on the planet in my book. They're good friends, and I love them dearly. And uh, and I tell you guys, we would all do well to learn from, from Mike and Debbie Prince. So... Uh, you're going to be hearing more about them uh, this when this podcast releases. We're doing a kind of a special emphasis week called Every Church Can. We, we've said multiple times on the podcast that we believe every church should be involved in church planning in some way. We want you praying. We want you serving. We want you partnering. And you don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't have to have all the resources. You don't have to have everything figured out. Uh, you just got to be willing to listen to God's voice and jump in. Uh, join in with Mike and his prayer network. Know that Mike is not the only one that has prayer needs and needs uh, workers and, and needs help. All of our church planners wrestle with that. Yes. And there are places where you can engage and have incredible kingdom impact that will not just benefit the church planners, but will benefit your church as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be here reading articles. We read a lot of articles about several of our church planners in state and out of state. Uh, there'll be several videos. Videos released highlighting guys in our sin cities as well as guys here in Arkansas. Uh, this podcast with Mike has kind of a Dixie Jackson follow-up from six years ago, yeah. seven years ago. Uh, when we did a video with him and highlighted him in Dixie Jackson. And uh, just amazing, amazing and stuff. And if you're one of our church planters listening out there, help us share these things. You know, like th- th- there's going to be posts across all of our social media platforms, not just church planting, but ABSC. And the more that you like and share and comment, the more it helps us spread the word, the more it helps not only our existing church planters, but future church planters. We're trying to get a lot of traction during this week. So if you're out there and you're hearing this, uh, help us do that. Uh, help us share those things, share the word, spread the spread the word. Absolutely, every tweet, every Facebook post. Don't just like it, share it. Yeah, uh, we want we want folks to see what's going on in church planting, not just in Arkansas but beyond. And uh, God is up to something incredible here. And whatever preconceived ideas that you might have about church planting, we're hoping this week will kind of help dispel some of that and let you hear the heart of these guys. I mean, they are, all of these guys have a deep desire to impact lostness and and be a part of expanding the kingdom uh, here in this world. So uh, these guys are my heroes. I love them, and we want you to love them too. So uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll kind of be back next time with with a uh, typical episode. uh, But this this was just too good uh, this time to to do anything extra at the end you heard story time you know throughout and, with uncle mike yeah and and no need to read any of the books we're going to recommend for this <laughs> just just contact mike get on his prayer list so uh anyway thank you guys for listening you know once again check us out facebook twitter instagram watch next week uh or this week when this releases you know for all the church planning stuff and help us share that 
Appreciate you guys, gals. Thanks for listening. And may God bless you tremendously. Keep grinding.